Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Eight Figures. We have a little bit of an experiment going on today. I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but let's talk about today's guest. I'm really excited to have him on the show. He has helped many entrepreneurs grow their businesses past $10 million. Sound a little familiar? Since I seem to be so obsessed and you and the audience have joined me in this journey to learn how to grow past 10 million, I thought it'd be really cool to have today's guest on the show. He's helped many hundreds, actually, of entrepreneurs accelerate their own business. In fact, when he was an executive at Infusionsoft, he was part of the team that 10x their growth, jumping from 7 million to way over 100 million. He's used the proven methods that he learned and implemented at Infusionsoft to help many entrepreneurs grow their own business, all while developing greater freedom as the CEO of their businesses. We speak with a lot of entrepreneurs about building and running intention-led businesses. So what's really cool about today's guest is his whole program at Lead Entrepreneur is about building around intention. So this should be a lot of things for us to learn today. Also, (laughs) just so you get a chance to hear my voice a lot more, the second part of this episode will actually be on his podcast, the Lead Entrepreneur's podcast. Don't worry, we'll have links, we'll send out emails, everything will be down below so you can find them. It's a really great podcast series. So I'm looking forward to having today's conversation with Brett Gilliand of Elite Entrepreneurs. Hello, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is really cool to have you on here. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. This is fun. I'm glad. I am very glad. And I've been really excited because in looking at Elite Entrepreneur and looking at your background, you really talk to one a lot of our audience and definitely a lot of the pain points that I've dealt with in my life. And I know in the past, I probably would have gained a lot of knowledge from talking to you with my last company that I was able to sell, but on the way down, not on the way up. Still a good outcome, but not the best outcome I could have hoped for. So I'm really excited about having you here on the show. Given that you've worked with entrepreneurs for so long, and now you've gone off and you've started your own business here with the entrepreneurs. Can you share with the audience where you are on your own entrepreneurial journey now? Yeah, thanks for the question. I love that question. We, like you mentioned, excuse me, our program actually started inside of a software company. And I wasn't one of the co-founders, but I was brought in to help do this business scaling type of work, certainly on the people side. I I built all the hiring processes and onboarding processes, facilitating the strategic planning process of the business. And we did all this organization development work. And that's really my background. I'm an organization development geek. But we did that really well in a seven-figure business. And we grew it to 10 million. And then we grew it. 30 million, then we grew it to 100 million. So on the way, we were serving small businesses in this software company. So we had tens of thousands of customers and they were looking to us saying, you're growing fast. 
your team's amazing. You got this great culture and we were winning awards around culture. We like your software. There was a, it's a CRM company. And, and so it was marketing and sales automation stuff. So the company was called Infusionsoft. Now it's called Keep. But anyway, our customers were saying, hey, teach us how to do this business building work that you've done so well. And so 10 years ago, actually, we, we put together a little experience and we taught a handful of business owners how we did it. And it was fun and rewarding for us to share some of the lessons we had learned. And it was well received. We did it again the next year. Okay, we'll do it again. Then so we did it again. Anyway, it started to grow and we built a, our own little seven-figure training business inside inside that software company. We were at a hundred million software company and this $1.5 million training business was just rounding error. But we were serving our customers, not all of them, but the ones who needed this help were getting a lot of help from it. Maybe you have experience and, and certainly many in your audience will have experience. At some point, I was faced with the decision, do I want to become a business owner? And I, I won't even use the word entrepreneur here just yet, but do I want to become a business owner? Because the software company decided not to do this training program anymore. They said, we got to get rid of all these things that have spun up over the years. I mean, we never strayed from the core product of the software, but we had these distractions. We got to get rid of distractions. And I found myself having one of those near identity crisis moments where like, wait a minute, I, I love this company that I've been with now 10 years and helped build this thing. And it's, I love it. I love the people. I love what we're doing. But in my heart of hearts, I knew that I was really put on this planet to help business owners figure out this business scaling thing. That's why I was brought into Infusionsoft in the first place. Long story short, we made a deal. I bought it. We spun it out. And I kept this business alive. That really, they were looking for somebody to not to, to take their existing customers in this program and not just drop them. So they were happy to have me take that. And I was looking to do something that I absolutely love to do. So that was three and a half years ago now. And so am I an entrepreneur? Yeah, I am now. I wouldn't have said that four or five years ago. It's funny when you say that in your process, just because we've had people like Walker Dable and a few others who really push the concept of acquisition entrepreneurship, buying and existing. But you definitely have one of the more unique. And, and I know this happens. I've heard about this and other things. You were a full-formed group within a larger company and you spun out of it and acquired it. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And did, do I have the this, this satisfaction of being a, a founder, a creator of this business? Yes. I helped build it inside of the company. So the CEO of Keep now, and formerly Infusionsoft, his name is Clayton Mask. He and I are the ones that built all this content. We did this work. It's not like we did it alone. There were lots of people at the company, but we, we're the founders of this elite entrepreneur's business. And he still has a day job. He's the CEO still there of that $100 million company. And I'm doing this. But in spirit, he's the co-founder because we built it together inside of that business. And so I did build it, but it wasn't like your typical startup story. I wasn't grinding it out and scrimping and clawing my way there. We were inside of a well-funded business. And so I was a little spoiled that way. But I'll tell you, the minute... And, I, and almost literally the minute that, that the deal was consummated, was finalized, I felt that weight transfer. The weight of ownership is a very real thing. And it wasn't something that I fully appreciated until the deal was done and that business was completely on my shoulders. And so I, I say that as a way to honor and reverence everybody that's listening to this. 
who built their business from scratch with that weight the whole way. I built the business. I helped build this business, but it was in the safe harbor of a large company and it wasn't as it wasn't as difficult. But as soon as we spun out, we had to go back and do some things that we hadn't done, like figure out customer acquisition outside of this pool of potential customers and all the things like we we went through our we we did the stuff. It just was a different path. Yeah. No. And it is fascinating because, look, there is no, you know, I always, you know, part of the reason I love doing and talking to entrepreneurs like yourself is that sometimes when you talk to people about, oh, yeah, an entrepreneur, they have these concepts that have nothing to do with reality. And the end of the day, being an entrepreneur is just making something continuously work. That, you know, if the business grows, if you know, not even if it grows, if it just exists and pays for itself and moves forward, you are an entrepreneur. And that's what's so cool about it. And, and just because I'm a marketing geek and that's my background, you came from, I guess, the internal workflow or customer flow within Keep Infusionsoft back then. Do you, are you still a partner? Do you still do you still get lead flow from them or is it so I wish that was uh, that would have been really nice. But what happened is, as I mentioned, they were getting rid of some of the things that had popped up over the years so they could focus all their attention, investment time on product and growing their partner ecosystem. So those were the two things that were there to stay. There were other services and other products that's, that spun up over time, like this elite business that they were getting rid of. And one of the things that they chose to get rid of at the time was their annual user conference. They called it Infusionsoft for a long time, and then it was called Icon. Uh, it's actually coming back, and it's fun a few years later to have them bring it back. So I'm hopeful that there might be uh, a way I'm sponsoring at Icon next month to try to get customers through that channel again. But when we were inside that business, that's where all of our customers came from. When we spun out, all of that connection to customer acquisition was just gone. So the last few years, it, it has not been a way that we've gotten customers, but I'm hopeful that some of that will make its way back. Given that this is helping entrepreneurs grow, getting past, as I am an expert at getting stuck in the seven figures, not an expert, but I've had the fun of repeatedly getting stuck in the seven figures. You know, Before we get too far into it, for yourself, besides the program, what's something you have found that has really helped you in your growth and your entrepreneurial journey? What's something that you think is pretty important that made a huge difference in your own journey? Yeah, I think you'll relate to this really well, AJ. We just met a little bit before we started this recording, but pretty much every entrepreneur that I work with can relate to what I'm about to share. So one of the biggest things that happens for a business owner that gets their business up to that seven-figure range is that they find that they have to figure out how to get out of doing the stuff. They've built this thing. They know all the ins and outs of the business. And a lot of times they've built themselves into a central role in making all of it happen. And you can use the word bottleneck. You can use the word, you can terms like being stuck working in the business, whatever terms you want to use. Entrepreneurs have a hard time relinquishing control. And when, and it's not like a necessarily an ego driven thing. It's sometimes it's a fear driven thing. Often it's fear that says, I can't let go of this thing or it's all going to come crashing down. Like without my 
able hands on the wheel, it's not going to work. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have, yeah. So we have to figure out how do, how do we organize the work in a way? How do we set a powerful vision so that this isn't about me or what's in my head anymore? It's about a shared thing that we all see and have input into and are aligned to together. And then how do I organize the work to go get that done in a way that I can relinquish control to pieces of my identity that I've built over the time? Because a lot of times the business and the entrepreneur, the, the identities are commingled. They're super intertwined. And so you have to like do this. It's almost like taking conjoined twins. And I, I know nothing about that process. We, we can all agree that there's some complexity there. You go, wait a minute, we need to separate these entities. And that's the biggest hurdle, I would say, in businesses who usually get stuck somewhere in that one to three million range. Usually it's right around a million, but some business owners are able to grind it out and get enough support staff around them to push it a little further. But they often hit a ceiling between one and three million, closer to one, but sometimes they get further. And it's because they haven't figured out how to do the business building work to keep growing. And so in my own journey, I've found it's one thing for me to it's one thing for me to get that intellectually and to have taught this now for 10 years. It was another thing for me to personally go through it. No, I fully agree. I think that is something I know. It's that brute force, jokingly, you know, I always call it throwing it on shoulders and I'm going to carry it, make it somehow get there. But then it's, I have a business, I can see there's better ways of doing it, but you know, I built these or built this <laughs> muscle memory, not even workflow. Not, you know, many of us just get there and now it's, but I don't want to jinx what it is, you know, what I've done. Yeah, that is definitely. A lot of us like one-liners, so I'm going to share one from my graduate program, okay? I studied organizational behavior, and what you just said reminded me of this. Here's two years of graduate school boiled down into mm. one sentence. Here it is. All organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get. And so you can go around and congratulate every business owner for setting their business up perfectly for the results they're getting today. All that good means work. is, <laughs> we, we, yeah, good work. You did it. Perfectly. And what you described is that reality. We build this thing, we throw it on our shoulders, our superhuman entrepreneurial shoulders, and we will it forward. And then we arrive, but it's all on our shoulders. And it's and it was set up from the ground that way. And so to extract ourselves from that position is no small feat without the thing crumbling. So that's the challenge. And that's the thing I've learned a lot recently is we we had this seven-figure business. We spun it out. And over time, that eroded pretty quickly, actually, that eroded because we didn't have customers flowing in. And so we were back in six-figure land. And it was only this year that we cracked the seven-figure mark again. So I'm right in that spot where I'm relinquishing control. I just promoted my best coach to be our customer success leader, hired another coach. I'm In June, we had our first new customer that I didn't bring in, learn our method that I didn't teach. And so I'm, I, it's happening, right? Like I'm pushing it down. And that's the trick. We have to organize the work in a way and bring the talent in that we can let go to. Just We're going to give ownership with accountability to the right people. That will allow us to go and create the next system and then give that to somebody else. So it's a lot of creating, organizing, delegating. And that's how it works. Cool. And I'm glad you are going through that transition. Maybe you could walk 
us through, walk me in the audience through a little bit more about what goes on in the elite entrepreneur system. Sure. It is focused entirely on the seven-figure growth journey. So this thing we're talking about, this is what we do. We swim in this all the time. And like I said, this is what I've been doing for the last 10 years, six and a half of those years inside of another company, but now three and a half years on our own. And what we do is we teach the mindset, skill set, tool set, right? all the proven practical things that we learned and developed at that software company. We we teach it to other seven-figure business owners who are trying to figure out how to make those shifts. And I use the I use the word shift very intentionally now because I and I have a favorite analogy around this. I think you'll like this, AJ. If you've ever been on a multi multi-speed bicycle, you start out in a low gear and it's pretty easy to get started in a low gear. And pretty soon you've maxed out the output of that gear. You can pedal faster and harder. And a lot of entrepreneurs do this, right? They built the thing and they just start pedaling. They go, I know what to do to go fast or further. I just got to pedal harder. And they wear themselves out in that gear. If they don't shift to the next level, if they don't do the business building work required to, to actually shift, they will just wear themselves out and get very little additional output from that gear. But if they'll shift, which means, oh, I got to learn a little bit how to go from entrepreneur to leader how to go from doer to setting the vision and aligning and building a team. And there's stuff that is known that you can do to make that shift. And then all of a sudden, the same amount of effort gets more yield, right? When you do make the shift, you don't have to be burned out to make it happen. But I've seen way too many times that the business owner ekes every ounce of output Mm -hmm. from that low gear or from the gear that they're in. And then they go, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm burned out. And then that's when they exit or that's when they settle back into a a more comfortable pace. So let's go back down to 800,000 in revenue where life was normal enough. So we got to make the shift and it happens in our mindset. It happens in our skill set. It happens in the team that we've got to build a leadership team to make that shift change. Anyway, so in, in lead entrepreneurs, we teach our proven method for how to make that shift at seven figures. Nice. All right, cool. No, I like that just because I know having floundered in that transition, I got lucky. I was able to go a little beyond three and brute force, as I say. I then acquihired my way through another couple of million. And then I found a, that kind of took us over the seven. But the systems and the structure and a strong team, I had good people, but I wasn't using them in a way that was beyond just what they were doing for the work. And that's something that was a hard gazillion gazillion other mistakes i made not enough sleep and all the other <laughs> things you're supposed to like oh pay attention to my health during this period but no that is a really interesting because that mindset really does it's i think in talking with a lot of entrepreneurs who then are coming and trying to grow we also come from worse we're skilled at whatever we start doing. There are, mm-hmm. yes, there are the classical, I'm going to build X, so I'm going to go off Y and that, but definitely from bootstrapped processes, it tends to be a lot of people who are really good and want to take that step and then find out very quickly, oh, I don't do X anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like, the last time I looked at analytics... <laughs> 
Yeah. In the worst situations, they actually don't stop doing X. They're like, yeah. this is my craft. This is my art. I can't, I don't want to let go of that. Or if I did, we wouldn't be able to fulfill the customer needs or the client, the clients that we have. So both of those things can be the bigger problem in my mind is when the business owner doesn't let go of their technician hat to use the, yeah. the Michael Gerber. Yeah. Right? I like that. And I could see very much the value on that journey of putting those things together. Now, is this done you know, are you doing it through cohorts? Do people come in working with other? Yeah, we have a foundational program where everybody starts. We call it Elite Ignition. That's the starting place. And over a month, a period of a month, we have two-hour Zoom meetings once a week for four weeks. So there are four classes. We teach our, our full method. At that point, a, a seven-figure business isn't scaled in a month, but we've shared all of the mindset, skill set, the processes, the, the tools, the things that they would need to go do to continue to grow. And uh, some people feel like at that point, okay, I got it. I got the playbook. I'm good. And then they're more on a do-it-yourself path. But we've created also, because our customers asked for it, a an ongoing membership community called Elite Momentum. To, to maintain the momentum out of ignition, let's do this Elite Momentum thing. And we have quarterly events and monthly trainings and group coaching calls with me a few times a month. We do peer groups so that they have peers that they're working with and being accountable to. So we have a whole program designed around helping those business owners implement, do everything that we taught them during that month in Elite Ignition. I like that. No, because that really does, you know, as I always say, in having done similar things, I always love because it's like, okay, I take one concept from something you may teach me, but when I hear someone else talk about, I'm like, oh, okay, wait, you get the other opinion. You get to, you get that like environment to be able to see how other entrepreneurs or other business owners are playing with concepts. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I should play with that. Yeah, I'm too. Maybe I should see that. No, that sounds very cool. I know. I mean, I'm definitely interested in seeing something like now I'm trying to frame this in a way that isn't, oh my God, yeah, when I did this, I messed it up so bad, even though I did. What's a way that someone coming into your program can make sure that they are going to get the best value from something and really come through here? Because I know in that transitionary seven figures, uh, you know, it's the dead zone. There's some great there's books about it and all this, and everyone has their own phrases. But yeah, the dead zone, you know, the <laughs> all this because of the amount of businesses that really do hit that and then fall back or you know most likely fall out of business, it becomes a point. It's usually that point is where a lot of entrepreneurs are very highly stressed. What's a way that someone can really utilize your you know, elite entrepreneur in a way that will bring value and not just, all right, I will say it. I know I did at the end, I bought some things and it was more of, okay, they, they say they can do it, but my brain was just not there. And it was like, okay, I just spent this money. It was nice. Now getting lucky and having sold after, <laughs> yeah, after recovering everything and looking at other products, okay, how you come in and how you use it now, a lot of it obviously is on the entrepreneur, but when an entrepreneur is so highly stressed that this is, things are getting choppier you know, and you're like, wait a second, I thought getting past a million would make things better. And you're like, it's better from the point of view of having money, but it's a lot worse from the amount of noise. 
how can an entrepreneur really engage in a way with all that stress that's going on in their their environment? Yeah, I, I talked to, I, I love the question, AJ. I talked to a, a potential customer yesterday, last night, and she's built these kitchens. She has six of these commissary kitchens. It's almost like shared workspace for kitchens, catering companies, and uh, especially during COVID, those kitchen types. Thing. Yeah, so she's got these kitchens in the Seattle area. And, and she's built a seven-figure business, and there are, there are five people on the team, right? So just think about six kitchens, five people, the complexity is starting to build. And even if she hears me say the words, we know what you need to do, right? Like we've done this, we've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. That doesn't take away from the workload on her shoulders. That doesn't give her extra time in the day. So I, I would say the, the single biggest thing that enables people to get value out of what we share is the ability to dedicate the time. And that's probably the hardest ask. So the other challenge is, and, and maybe you experienced this, is you might go to a conference or go to a boot camp or get some time with a coach, get these ideas, but it's just you as the business owner. And then you go back into the whirlwind or the firefight or the the weeds, whatever your favorite analogy is for the chaos in your business, and you just get swept back into that thing and you don't really do anything with the great learning that you had. So we always highly recommend that not just the business owner, but hopefully at least one other key person from their team comes and learns. Now they've got like a built-in accountability partner and or implementation helper, right? Let's go make this happen. They can't just put it on the shelf and forget it as easily as if it's just the business owner. So we try to do it in bite-sized chunks, two hours a week. You can find two hours to come to a class in your day if you really want to make a change. And that's just once a week. And then we do assign a coach. I didn't tell you about that. but So it's a group class, but then an individual coach in between classes to help you with the assignment. So that's another hour or two during the week. But if it's spread out over the course of the week and... It's, it's just one month to get through all that and you feel like, okay, this really is going to help me and I can see some traction happening. Then maybe we go on to elite momentum and continue getting help or maybe I feel like I'm well on the path and, and we just go. But a little bit of time to work on your business is where it starts. And if you can't do two hours, do one hour. If you can't do one hour, do half an hour. I don't care where you start. Find a place and start thinking about the business, not doing stuff in the business. And that's the place. And then enroll some help. Get somebody else. It doesn't have to be a consultant or a program. Get somebody else on your team to start working with you in that way. Those are the first little baby steps, I would say. No, I like that. Definitely the have someone do it with you, I think, is pretty cool. I've started seeing some suggest that, and that's pretty cool. The And I like that you have coach because I definitely think the programs I've used in different things that have different forms of feedback loops, not just the, your weekly progress, like the most <laughs> depressing thing when you buy some course and you're like, every Sunday you get that and you're like, okay, <laughs> oops. <laughs> but having someone who asks you questions that come based on what you're doing and all that kind of, and there to support you is a big deal. I think that definitely helps a lot and facilitates just the utilize, you know, being able to use it when you're feeling super stressed using a program. No, I like that. What's something, given that you're working with 
so many entrepreneurs and I almost feel like the entrepreneur space is getting to be so much fun. I think the typical, you know, the pyramid is still there where so many businesses still hit the same percentage of like only so much hit to a hundred, only so much hit to a million this, but there's more, it feels like, and people are able to do so much more on their own that I'm seeing so, so many cool small businesses that don't, that kind of hit that quick roof where it used to be businesses would drift a bit more higher and then hit a roof and then obviously work with someone like you to think their way out of it. What are you finding interesting now from either your experiences or from working with your, your clients? What's it? Yeah, I'll share something that I think is interesting. I hope others will also. I get asked a lot, what kinds of businesses do you help? What industries or what verticals? Or, and I appreciate the question. I totally get it. I, and at some point, I probably should narrow a niche for all the good reasons to do that. But we've chosen to niche around the, the, the growth stage, right? The seven figure. There's actually two stages in there in our vernacular, the, the one to three million stage and then the three to 10 million stage. Mm-hmm. So every time you triple, you're, you need to make a shift. And it happens on the ones and threes. So 300,000 to a million, 100,000 to 300,000, 300,000 to a million. Ah, one to three, three to 10. I have not heard. I like that. All right. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good trans, Yeah, transition points. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's interesting for your listeners. But also what I was going to say is every what we serve and help software companies, marketing companies, construction companies lawyers. It almost doesn't matter as long as growing the business requires growing a team. Now, there there are some information marketing or information-based products on the yeah, web. God that, bless them. You know, <laughs> yeah, there are two or three <laughs> employees and they grow it to three million or whatever. They're just making the money they want to make, living the life they want to live. And I, I, I think that's great. But if your business requires hiring and building a team to grow further, then the stuff we teach is very relevant. So all that is to say, I find it very fascinating that uh, a plumber can talk to a software business owner about their seven-figure growth challenges, and, and you wouldn't know that they had vastly different businesses. You would find the same types of problems, the same the same pains. And that's something we love is that it's, it almost doesn't matter the business. We're, we're going to be able to speak the language with them. Now, I always, because I come, yeah, I do a lot of work in the marketing side, the growth side, sales and stuff, things. And there may, the difference is sometimes not so much in the product, as you were saying, but where their cash, the free cash flow is based upon their model. So sometimes someone who has a large one may have problems of a bigger company with a lower one earlier, because it is that same sort of, oh, I have to handle this. I have to be able to facilitate, deal with the different things. It is fun that, you know, an e-commerce there's tons of specialization and all that. I'm not, but yeah, that idea that from the big picture, yeah, you're looking at similar things as an entrepreneur, you know, how to keep everything moving forward. Now that's cool that you see that. I like that. Now that you have this, you've spun this out from where you've, you were at and grew with a very successful Infusionsoft Keep now. One, one of the big success stories in here. You have this company and you're growing. You, As you said, you've now turned it around. How are you looking to define success for yourself in this? And where do you want to go with that long term? Yeah, th- thanks for the question. One of, our, one of the, not one of, the first step that we take when we teach people our method 
is to get really clear on on their purpose. Very clear. It's part of setting a vision. We we use Jim Collins' definition of setting vision, which is purpose, values, and mission. So there's not a vision statement. It's just getting clarity on the purpose, the values, and the mission that we're up to, the destination we're going to together in the next X period of time, right? A very defined period of time. When we start with purpose, we unlock a lot of power, a lot of energy, a lot of meaning for sometimes a business owner who's been at this for 10 or 20 years, but they were just making a living. They were just a technician who grew a business. And now we unlock the power of purpose for them and it changes things. And it's not just for the business owner. It, it provides meaning to the whole team and people are excited about what we're doing now. And instead of just turning wrenches or writing code or creating another campaign for another customer, we're doing something that matters. And so when Simon Sinek talks about start with why, we're big believers in that. And our that that's what we're up to. We're up to helping elite entrepreneurs build meaningful businesses. And so the future for us is to help as many of those as we can. And based on just your own experience and having even referenced a pyramid where there's so many of them that start out at this level and then there's fewer here and here and it just gets smaller and smaller the number of businesses that reach certain milestones we'd love to change we'd love to change the math on that certainly for the ones that get to the seven figure mark we are not we do not know what it looks like we know what it looks like but we're not experts in the zero to a million journey i know some things peripherally on that but that's not my expertise when they bump into that ceiling somewhere early seven figures that's the math we're trying to change and we don't like the fact that the, the people who actually create something meaningful in this world, meaningful enough to employ people and provide valuable products and services, often wear out and come at great cost to the entrepreneur herself or himself. And there's health concerns that you referenced earlier. There's finance concerns. There's relationship concerns. There's all these mental, emotional stress. Like All of these things happen to, to the business owners who actually get their thing off the ground to a place that's viable enough to be providing like consistent products and services and employment and revenue, right? Like it's working and, and it's killing the entrepreneur. We don't like that. So our future is about helping as many of those elite entrepreneurs. That's, that's why we call it elite entrepreneurs. It's the one that get, it's the ones that get to a million. They're elite. It's only like three to 5% ever get there. And we don't like the idea that many of them sink back to six figures or go out of business or exit because they just don't know where to go. So we want to help as many of those as we can. That's the future for us. We'd like to change the math on, on who makes it past that million dollar mark and the 10 million mark. Okay. So I'm glad you're working on that, but how do you, you know, for you, how's that going to change as you go? How is that going to change what you do? At, sorry, as elite entrepreneur. And I know you were mentioning how cool it is to now have people that are coming in without your direct touch. That to me is always the cool thing. And one I'm working a lot now in, an, in one of my new companies trying to get that. But where are you looking for Brett? Where do you want to go? With this? I, I want to get to the place where I don't have to be involved at all to make this happen. And, and when I say that, I'm not looking for the four-hour work week. I like the idea of having flexibility and having the money that I want. But what I'm talking about is creating something that's so viable that I don't have to make any of it go, that it goes because it's built well. So my my journey over the next 
let's call it three to five years is to grow this thing to a place where I've got an established leadership team that's running every aspect of the business. And I get to to think about and do bigger things related to that, to the business's future. Right now, I'm still a little too involved in making things happen, but I'm stepping out of that and it feels great. Very cool. Good luck. I do want to definitely continue this conversation now. Okay, reference here. <laughs> I'm going to be on your podcast shortly, but we're going to turn the microphones around, flip this around. I'm going to be on the other side. So yeah, that's one thing, but definitely now that you're in this position, I would love to have you come back in a little bit of time and let's continue talking about what this is doing, because this is, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, there's so much that changes in that transition besides trying to learn more about the overall process of the journey for myself. I really focus on, as you know, I mentioned, the marketing growth and how similar to you, you know, people have built systems without realizing the foundational structure of what they're building on. And you know, there seems to be a lot of common, you know, common areas of, oh, now you have to create systems in your different pieces because that allows you to then have other people, other tools, other things, and you're not spending 50,000 hours on each little piece just to move a little bit more. So you know, I, I would love to have you back on the show and talk more about this because this is a big thing for, I know for myself and I know for the audience of just being able to like get our heads around growing a business without just more brute force or, you know, yeah, that's right. No, no more frantic pedaling. We got to get to a place where we can mm-hmm. shift. I and like have that the phrase. Ride be enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, I like the gear phrase. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and work that in because that does that feels a lot better than some of the other things. Yeah, stepping up your gear usage. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate this. We'll definitely in the show notes down below. Everyone, we'll have Brett and Lead Entrepreneur. We'll have links to it. Go check it out, and obviously go listen to his podcast where you'll soon be able to hear me floundering my way through my ahs and my ums for this, but. Thank you, Brett. I really appreciate you yep. coming on the show. Yeah, love it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having you as a guest on our Lead Entrepreneurs podcast as well. And that'll be fun. Thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun getting a chance to interview Brett. And really take into consideration the focus on doing the right type of work that Brett constantly brought up. And obviously go to a site, check out, they have this wonderful free copy of the stages of small business that you can download. We'll have a link directly to that besides a link to his site, his program and everything. I'm really excited to play around with it. And we're going to be talking a little bit more with Brett about ways to bring some of his learnings into the show. So, you know, more of you in the audience. Also, if you want to actually hear me get interviewed rather than me talking and (laughs) bugging people on the show, We'll have the links to Brett's podcast, Elite Entrepreneur's podcast, um, with all the great podcast hosting providers out there. And you'll get a chance to uh, listen to Brett put me on the hot seat. So I'm a little nervous to have this happen. You get to join me and make fun of me. No, you get to join me and listen to me get interviewed. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Check out our social media down below. Check out the links. And looking forward to talking to you, everyone, soon. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Bye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. 
So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.